Hi, this is Sensei James Leonelli from Sensei's Weekly Mindset, and I'm here to talk to you about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, and esports. Don't forget my personal favorite, MMA. We've got it all on BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, we can help you find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. And don't forget Bet Online for NHL, boxing, golf, and like I said, my personal favorite, the sport of MMA. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Life isn't always easy, and you don't have to face it alone. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you have access to a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of needs. To get started, you simply answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's most convenient for you. The best part is, if your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price, all from the comfort at home. To start your journey and to get 10% off of your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash sensei. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash sensei. BetterHelp, you deserve to be happy. Hi guys, Sensei James Leonelli here to talk to you about another one of our sponsors, LMNT, an electrolyte drink mix. Each one of these little packets gives you exactly what you need to keep you as hydrated as all us athletes like to be. If you're like me, you work out a lot, and when you work out a lot, you also sweat a lot. Now, when we sweat, we don't lose just water, of course. We also sweat out salt. We sweat out electrolytes. So each one of these packets contains 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium, giving you everything that you need in order to maintain optimal hydration and nothing that you don't. So to go online, place an order for your sample pack, and to get yourself a bonus free sample pack, you're going to go to this website right here, elementallabs.refr.cc slash James Leonelli. You're going to see this down in the video below, but I'll say it one more time for you, elementallabs.refr.cc slash James Leonelli. Again, it's a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing that you don't. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sensei's Weekly Mindset. I'm Sensei James Leonelli, owner and head instructor of Tiger Shulman's here in Smithtown. Once again, I am back in my home recording space, ready to give you guys this week's food for thought. I'm joined by my furry co-host Slade over by my feet there. He is here to, uh, uh, to participate as much as he possibly can over this evening as well. So 
We are now just a couple of days removed from Flex Fights 26. Put the beats on him. Um, and it was definitely another spectacular night for Flex Fights. Um, we were back in the Melrose Ballroom for the first time in over a year. Um, I personally am a very big fan of the venue. Um, I don't love driving all the way to Queens, don't get me wrong. I also don't love the parking situation. Don't get me wrong there. Um, you know, not that there aren't great parking uh, garages and so forth, but it's not like it is here at home in Stereo Garden. At any rate, uh, venue set up wonderfully for fights. Um, I'm sure for, I'm sure from the fan perspective, it's spectacular. From the commentator perspective, it's also spectacular. Um, we have a straight view pretty much right into the cage. And even if we don't, we got a great monitor set up with great camera angles. And um, it's a very, despite being a big venue, the way it is set up for fights, it is a very intimate venue because th there's uh, three floors. The third floor is sealed off from seeing the rest. But nonetheless, uh, that's like where we had our locker room area. And that worked out well. And then on the second floor is a balcony that wraps around the whole venue on three sides because um, it's all based off of the stage. And us, the commentators, we're on the stage. That's where the fighters walk down. Nonetheless, um, those fighters, um, or rather the fans, I should say, are up on the balcony on those three sides or on ground level where like you would get to the main dance floor or whatever if it was a concert. So. Uh, you know, the, con the cage is right in the middle there in front of the stage in that main dance floor area. And it's that's what makes, in my opinion, the venue so awesome. Because from the seated area, it's very easy to see. And the balcony hangs over the cage in, in such a way. I, I said it on the broadcast and I've said it before. It's, it's so, uh, so well cut for this that if the fans up on the balcony were to sneeze, the fighters in the cage would get wet. Like that's how intimate that balcony experience is. And yet another sold out show for Flex Fights. Um, we had some really, really awesome things. I mean, it was an MMA only event with one with uh, the small exception of the fact that we had the first ever sanctioned by New York State Athletic Commission uh, pro jujitsu submission only tournaments, uh, which is pretty awesome. So uh, two four man tournaments. So uh, there's four matches earlier in the day. Then to kick off our main card, we had the two final matches. Um, and it was, it was a really, really spectacular, that in and of itself was its own unique animal. It was interesting how the venue reacted, or the people in the venue actually reacted to the jujitsu, definitively a different energy than during the MMA fights. It was very funny, very, um, you know, jujitsu, a little more of a, uh, slow and smooth art, uh, whereas kick MMA, a lot more striking, obviously. So therefore you get a little more of the explosive action in terms of, of in MMA. And I think you also get uh, by proxy explosive intensity out of the audience as well, where they start to think about that same kind of stuff. Uh, you know, they start to react to the explosiveness of the activity that's going on uh, in front of them and you get more explosive reactions in the moment. So um, we had fights, uh, the, the Jiu-Jitsu tournament went off without a hitch. Um, we had a gentleman named Alex from Punch-Up Official on Instagram was with us during the jiu-jitsu. He was instrumental in setting up, setting up the jiu-jitsu tournaments and getting the competitors in for it. And it seemed like that really, really went well. And the competitors had a blast. I had I had fun calling it for sure. Um, and it was a really cool, interesting experience, especially since it was another first for New York State. And then on top of that, we also um, 
had a bunch of, of amateur MMA fights, culminating with several title fights to end the night after the, uh, it's funny, everything on the main card was a title fight. It was either the championship of the jiu-jitsu tournaments or it was uh, an MMA title of some kind. And we got to see fights finished in every conceivable way, um, short of disqualification. We saw knockouts, we saw submissions, we saw decisions of all kind. Um, we saw uh, an injury TKO in our co-main event of the evening. Um, and it was what culminated the evening, I should say, was a main event for the women's 125 pound title. Uh, and that was between Melissa Balak of Team Tiger Shulman's and Etal Osarko, who's from Long Island MMA. However, Etal's roots are drawn back to Tiger Shulman's. Um, she is a, a second, got her second degree black belt as a youngster in Tiger Shulman's. I've known Etal for years and years and years. Uh, she trained with Xi'an Gravina in, in our Syosset, what is now our Syosset location, for a very, very long time, as well as what her older brother did as well. So I've known Etal, like I said, for a very, very long time. So interestingly was interestingly was what was going on in my head when I saw this fight matched up. It's an interesting experience for me for sure, because there are times in flex fights where I have history with both fighters. And by history, I mean, I've called a bunch of this guy's fights and I've called a bunch of that guy's fights. And that happened a few times throughout the night. Um, one of our, our fights earlier on the main card, Gavin Lee versus Ricardo Brana. I've called both of those guys entire careers uh, inside, the, inside the flex cage. So I have history with both of them. And the same was held true for other guys on the card that evening. You know, there are guys who have history with their coaches and this kind of stuff. But this was the first fight I've ever been a part of where I had like real, not just flex fights history, but like real history with each one of the competitors. And um, I have been accused probably accurately of being a, a little biased towards both of these ladies when they fight, because how could you not be when you, you know, one person is your teammate and the other person you've known for over 20 years. It's, you know, it's difficult to, to put away your, your biases. Uh, when those people are competing against people, you have no idea who they are. So they have been accused of it, probably rightly so. You know, I, I give the disclaimer as soon as they walk out of my history with them. So that way, if there is any biases, people know exactly why. Um, but I digress. As, I'm, as I was moving into calling this fight, one of the first things I said in the broadcast, and it was very uh, a very accurate statement for me, was I don't know how I feel about comment, uh, doing commentary on this fight. Um, it was a very interesting feeling for me because, you know, I always want the best for both of these ladies because, like I said, 20 years of history with one, teammate with the other, carrying the flag, called a whole bunch of her fights, like history there too. So who do I want the best for more? <laughs> you know, again, it was one of those things where I kind of felt like I had to recuse my emotions a little bit and look at them both as though I didn't know them to the best of my ability. And it was, it was a challenge for sure. Uh, and it was an excellent performance from both ladies. Um, I tell when in the fir first round, Melissa made a, made a mistake, went for a kick, fell off balance. I tell capitalized, had the mount for a little while. Melissa able to reverse, escape, get back to her feet, and survive the round. Um, and then in the next two rounds, Melissa and her very, very, very polished and educated striking took over. And she played the distance game so well. She made it very difficult for Etal to cross the space. So a beautiful performance 
from Melissa Ballack. I got a wonderful message from Etal yesterday uh, about um, you know what she felt about my commentary about the fight and how, how unbiased she felt I was, which certainly makes me proud. Um, and that kind of brings me to the crux of what I wanted to talk about today. And it's, it's a difficult mindset for us to execute. Not difficult to understand, diff another difficult thing to execute as much as we know it. And that is separating yourself from the situation. Because as we all go through life, we all encounter problems, issues, difficulties, arguments. And what defines our arguments for so many of these things is the fact that we're a part of it. And I am just as guilty of this as anybody else. You know, every human being I think is guilty of this. When you are involved in an argument with somebody, it's very difficult to hear what they have to say against your point of view and not take it as against you. So it's funny, I make this joke to my wife all the time. When we see somebody being completely unobservant of the world around them, and I'm talking about, you know, like drivers who are completely uncognizant, just not cognizant at all of the fact that there are other drivers in the road or other cars in, in the parking lot with them that are just doing whatever. You know, they're meandering through things. They're driving, uh, you know, in the right lane with the right turn signal on, on a long, long, long straightaway. Um, people who are not cognizant of the fact the traffic is building up behind them because they won't simply shift over a lane. And I always say it comes back to, to this simple phrase that in their mind, well, but it's me, but it's me. So why is everybody not bending to my world? Not realizing how much their little will is impacting everybody else. That selfish mindset. Now, taking that same thing and applying it to things that happen in our own life can be a very difficult thing. It can be a very difficult separation to make, right? For example, anytime someone leaves my school, they can stop training in my school. I always take it personally. <laughs> no matter what happens, I always take it personally. And that's because I care a lot about these people and I invest myself and my time and my effort into these people. And my team is so great about caring about these people and helping to make them better and better and better. And we really care genuinely and a lot. And anytime someone leaves, I take it personally, it, it, it hurts. And I know in my heart of hearts that there are some things that I can do absolutely nothing about. Someone moves, I can do nothing about that. Someone loses their job, they can't continue training. I can do nothing about that. Um, and by, by the same token, there are other things that I made a mistake on or my team made a mistake on. And it burns me because like, oh, if we hadn't made that mistake, maybe this person would still be training with us. And sometimes it's something we can point to and sometimes it's other unknown stuff that maybe was bubbling beneath the surface and never gotten spoken. But either way, I agonize over those things. I think about them and think about them. I lose sleep over it because of how much every student means to me. You know, especially it's one thing if it's someone who like I barely knew and they just disappeared. Like you know, I, I have that sometimes where people come in, they sign up, they're with me for like, you know, three, four weeks a month. And all of a sudden they're like, hey, uh, I got this opportunity in my job. I'm moving across the country. Nothing I can do there. And I'm not really bonded with those people. So I kind of those hurt a little less. Um, it's the people that have been with me for a while, 
You know, like recently I, I had a young man moved to Pennsylvania and he's still training at Tiger Shulman's. He's training one of, my, one of my brothers runs one of the schools out in Pennsylvania. However, it still hurts, still burns, you know, because it's like, I, obviously there's nothing I can do about the family moving to Pennsylvania. It is what it is. But I always still wonder, you know, and I always still think about it. And I always still wonder, you know, what I could have done better in their journey. And the same is held true when we're talking about interpersonal disagreements, when we're talking about being able to, to really deal with problems, right? Like, for example, anybody who has ever debated anything with their spouse, um, they always, it's always a very difficult thing to separate the argument that you're having, the debate that you are having from the personal feelings. Right? Like, the, why does this person, why do they think they know everything better than me? Like, you, you get into these places for sure. And it's a dangerous thing. Right? And that's, it's funny, that's how feelings get hurt. Feelings don't get hurt because of the actual argument that you're having. Feelings get hurt because we take that argument and we make it personal. You know, just a few weeks ago, I was talking with another one of the Tiger Shawans instructors. And he and I were having a disagreement about something. And it was 100% respectful. And we were nothing but cool with each other. For sure. Like at the end of it, we, you know, we hugged it out. All was good. But I was still a little upset and he was still a little upset because neither one of us convinced the other, which happens when you have two strong-willed guys. We both have differing points of view, both that come from educated places, both that come from, at the end of the day, what we believe is the right thing for the people that will be impacted by those decisions. So because of that, understanding that uh, when it comes to every interaction that day it's difficult for us as human beings not as senseis not as martial artists not as, well as as human beings to look at each other and not have a little bit of like under the surface how could we not we're human right listen just because i disagree with him doesn't mean we're not cool anymore it just means in that moment i'm upset <laughs> with him and the same was true in reverse and you know he and i could have potentially had a round together and sparred, but we chose not to do it. And it wasn't anything malicious. It wasn't like, you know, oh, we thought we were going to go to war. Nah, you know what? Tempers were a little high earlier. Not really even that high. They were just, you know, we disagreed. So you know what? Better to stay separated today. And it wasn't even a conscious thing. Just the end of the day, you know, we usually get around together. And that day we didn't. And it was one of those things where I said to myself, you know, it's probably a better thing we didn't have around that day. Just because since we were disagreeing earlier, one screwy little innocuous thing happens that one of us would have, you know, written off on a normal day. Maybe now that takes it. And as it is, I saw him days, a couple days later at flex fights and we had an awesome conversation. We're hugging it out, hanging out at the end of the night like we're best friends. So it obviously didn't have any lasting repercussions, but in that moment, it's difficult to be a human being, to not be a human being and stay attached to your, to your arguments, right? It happens in the workplace all the time where people disagree on things. And it's a difficult thing for us to separate ourselves from the argument. And the same holds true when we look at our habits and the things about ourselves that we want to change, right? For example, a great thing that every family does is they point out to other people, not in a mean way, not in a scrutinizing way, if you have to work on something, if there's anybody who should tell you you have to work on it, it should be your family. I mean, as the old adage goes, right? 
if you're talking to someone and they have, and you have broccoli in your teeth and they see it and they don't say anything and they let you walk around like that, is that person your friend? No, of course not. The same holds true when it comes to your family, right? If they, if, if you're notoriously late or notoriously losing things or notoriously addicted to your screen or whatever the case may be, if that's the case, if anybody can tell you, hey, listen, we got an issue here and this is something we should do something about, it should be your family. 100%, right? So nonetheless, with that in mind, right? It's hard in those moments to separate what we're feeling about what our, what our, what our parents or our family or whatever our loved ones are telling us about that correction they'd like to see us, that improvement they'd like to see us make, and how we feel about it. Right? It feels like a personal attack. When in fact, all it is is just them trying to help us get better. And the same can be held, held true as we look in a more selfish sense. When we think about changing ourselves for the better, and we think about building new habits for the better, it is a very easy thing to identify yourself by way of those habits, those beliefs, those behaviors. And then because you identify yourself by those behaviors, those beliefs, or those habits, when it's time to think about changing those behaviors, beliefs, or habits, it becomes a very difficult thing because it's part of who you are, right? I talk frequently about family members who might have quit smoking, and that's certainly a, a, an easy one to wrap our head around, so I'll use that example again. When you had that family member who was the smoker, and it was part of how they saw themselves, part of their personal identity was as a smoker. So now when they needed to modify their own behavior, when they needed to change this habit, for the better, of course, they now, instead of taking, instead of connecting themselves to this habit of smoking, they needed to do the opposite. They needed to separate themselves from the problem. Because by separating themselves from the problem and looking at the problem independent of themselves, they're able to do a slightly wiser thing. They're able to do a slightly better thing. They're able to then better themselves. They're able to then change that habit, right? This is one of the issues I think we have in our world a lot these days, is when we speak to somebody about their opinion on an issue of any kind, you know, it doesn't matter if you're talking about cell phone provider, or you're talking about, you know, political things, or if you're talking about this sports team versus that sports team, people stay so attached to their beliefs, they identify themselves so closely by those things that they believe, that you can't have a rational conversation where they can see the other side of things, or they can even meet you in the middle a little bit. And I think that ability to separate ourselves from the problem at hand is a very useful one. Because there are many times in our life where we're going to be presented with a problem that we are attached to. Habits to do with our health, habits to do with our employment, habits to do with our personal life. All these things, all these beliefs, these these habits, these thoughts that we have, these things that we do, or even just the tangled web of, of problems that life sometimes throws our way. When those come onto our plate, it's very difficult sometimes to step back at 10,000 feet. But the, the ability to do that, the ability to separate yourself from the problem is the only thing that will ensure that you will be happy with how the problem comes out no matter how it shakes out, right? 
listen, I'm not a perfect person by any stretch of the imagination, but I knew that the more invested I stayed one way or the other in calling that particular fight I was talking about, the more it was going to make me feel some kind of way and I was going to talk in that way instead of down the middle about what was happening. And to that end, I was able, hopefully, according to one of the two competitors, the competitor who lost, I did a good job of that. Um, and it's one of those things that I think we all, myself included, need to apply more to our lives in general, where we're able to look at the problem as just the problem and not wrap ourselves up in it, not be identified with it, not tie ourselves to it, and we'll be able then to really make strides. Because progress doesn't come from you latching onto and holding on to that problems. Sometimes the solution comes from letting go. When you can let go and you can step back, you'll be able to see things much more objectively. When you can see them that much more objectively, you'll be able then to find a real solution. So that's all I have for you guys this week. As always, you can reach me via email, senseileonelli at gmail.com. On Twitter and Instagram, I'm at sensei underscore Leonelli. On Facebook, I'm sensei James Leonelli. You can find my school online at tsksmithtown.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at tsmma underscore smithtown. You can find us at fa on Facebook at facebook.com slash tigershulmansmithtown. Find out more about the Tiger Shulman's organization as a whole at tsk.com. Find everywhere that I am on the internet at my link tree, linktr.ee slash sensei, S-E-N-S-E-I, Leonelli, L-E-O-N-E-L-L-I. You can find everything from our, our links to our sponsors there. You can find everything about Flex Fights there, including how to get to the show you might have missed this past Friday. And, and everything else that you need to know in order to contact me is on there. As always, sponsorship available still uh, are still available. So please make sure if you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, contact me through any of the ways that I gave you. Other than that, make sure that you guys leave a rate and a review. It just helps. Subscribe, get your new episodes every Wednesday. Make sure that you guys share the podcast. It's the only form of advertising that I have. So I very, very much appreciate it when I see that. So until next time, my friends, invest in yourselves. I'll see you guys on the map.